after one university degree, after one thing. It's a continuum exactly. into your profession. Okay, yeah. guys, you're live. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining Cybersecurity Career Talks. I have with me Yujun Liang. The, he, he is the chief architect and, uh, of Hybrid Cloud at uh, AIG. And uh, my second guest today is uh, Richard Foltek. Richard is the VP and chief of cloud at Daito, who is a premier Google partner. Thank you, both of you, for joining. And before we start, uh, there is a disclaimer. So one second. And I am Nilofa Tamboli, your host, your coach, your teacher on this journey with you as we explore various cybersecurity roles until you find your dream job. Okay, I, we have a disclaimer before we start. Uh, the views expressed in this presentation and during this session are the personal opinions of the participants and do not reflect the official policy of their respective employers. This discussion is a volunteer-led effort to contribute to the profession and pay forward the many kindnesses and instances of support and guidance that the participants have received in the course of their career. And uh, we, we, we start with Richard. Congratulations on your new job, Richard. Well, thank you very much. And, and Eugene, congratulations on your promotion. Uh, so it was well-deserved. Thank you, yeah. So uh, yeah, as uh, Nilofa and uh, Rich just introduced, I work for AIG. Um, AIG is an insurance company, which is a good business to protect your family. I didn't have insurance until very late after 911. I just, okay, anything can happen in life. You better have some insurance. Do you have enough insurance? Ask insurance guru, AIG. Okay, I just. <laughs> <laughs> you did your pitch. Yeah. You, you did your pitch. Uh, I'm going to do a really quick one for Dido too. If you're moving to public cloud and Google is your place or you're doing G Suite, reach out to us. We're, very, we're also growing, we're expanding. Um, and actually that's kind of the area that we want to get to in terms of talking because you know, the dynamics of the market right now, we're seeing huge unemployment, we're seeing major shifts in the industry. And this is both a, um, basically, it's both a critically challenging moment in life, but it's also an opportunistic moment in life. And depending on where you work, how you work, this is a moment right now to kind of reflect as to, you know, what is it that you want to do from a career standpoint and where to uh, focus on yourself. Um, you know, there are a lot of people, really good people have been let go and they reach out to me and I'm, I'm giving the same advice that I will do here publicly. Um, one of the areas that Eugene and I kind of face is we don't scale. And this is why we're here in this kind of public forum uh, to, to help put people out because we say the same thing. We're going to give you on any, you know, personalized message, do this. Um, but, you know, Eugene made mention he has like 25,000 connections on LinkedIn. I have over 5,000 connections on LinkedIn. Um, we can't help everyone individually, but we can give you the, the general purpose message. 
as to what you can do and what you can't do. So hopefully that kind of puts some context, um, you know, in terms of framing the, the discussion. Thank That's you right. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yujun, um, so, yeah. so, um, are people hiring in this market and what are the roles that people are uh, um, basically hiring for? Um, so currently, I notice uh, there's still some company hiring, like uh, um, the how I notice it's just a lot of people post their new job on LinkedIn. That's a source I notify uh, uh, hiring. Like Google is hiring, AWS is hiring, Oracle is hiring, uh, Dito, where Richard is, is hiring. Uh, my employer uh, currently, we have uh, some uh, adjustments, so I don't see an uh, active uh, hiring, but we will go into a hiring mode very soon. Uh, I can, that's something uh, from my assessment, it's not an official uh, document from uh, any source. It's just uh, from my judgment because we have so, so much work to do. Oh, another thing is I know from some other places, uh, during the starting of COVID-19, they put employee uh, in follow, but after two months, they revisited the uh, the policy and canceled that follow, and they will bring everybody back to work, and they, they will pay people uh, the salary cut. They will pay back. So a, a lot of good things are going to happen. So we just need to be prepared. Uh, from very beginning, I always post positively to encourage people to don't worry about what's going on in the world because you cannot control what outside you. What you can control is yourself. Just spend time to learn, you will see the result. I, uh, I can give you my personal example, like myself. I'm known as a certification king on LinkedIn. What I did is just no matter what happened in my life, I just keep a constant pace of learning this and learning that. And over time, you will see the result. Just be patient. That's something uh, I can share with uh, the world. Yeah, be patient. And the people are going to hire a lot. Uh, the company is going to hire a lot of people. You just need to be ready. And the, how to make you ready? That's how Richard and the Nilofa and the us are prepared here. Certifications, uh, yeah, back so, to you. Thank you, thank you. And I can, uh, uh, I know of uh, um, a role which is available uh, in PSNG. So please, um, it's, a, it's a security architect role. So if you're interested, reach out to me and I can put you in touch directly with the hiring manager. So yes, we are, uh, people are hiring right now. And uh, so Richard, like Eugene said, right? People are hiring, but what are the certifications required or what are the qualifications for the role? And can you just speak to us a little bit about that? Okay, so, so let's kind of take one step back in terms of certifications, because I want to make sure people are clear on this. There's no magic certification. It's not like you're going to get a CISSP and then suddenly, you know, people are going to run to you and thinking you're a, you're a cybersecurity god. You're not. You know, and, and I, the way I look at it, because think of it as a journey. If you go and do an MBA, well, what's an MBA, right? There's at least 16 to 24 courses you have to take. 
across various disciplines and domains or any master's program that will give you requirements of multiple courses and classes that you need to get a certain level of expertise to become an expert or a master in a particular domain. It's not one class. And if you look at what it costs to get a master's degree today, right, in terms of costs, you're, you're looking at about $100,000 in some of these programs. It's, it's ludicrous in terms of a, a business standpoint. But if you look at what would it take to get 16 certifications that really define the, the area of knowledge that you want to kind of get out, you're, you're, you're looking at a few thousand dollars and your time, the time cost is still the same. And so I want to kind of highlight this because I will tell you that I personally find that a lot of universities are becoming a, uh, a business. They're no longer in the game of training. They're really in the game of making money off students. And, and, and you know, it, it just becomes a business of, of retention and, 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 and bringing them in. Are they really all that qualified? Some universities are fantastic and I don't want to throw the whole bunch out, out of, under the water. But I'm basically trying to say is that the, the way education is being done is transforming. The way the industries right now with COVID are transforming. Companies are going to have to learn to adapt. You're going to have to learn to adapt because it's adapt or die. And that's kind of what I'm trying to kind of uh, reference here. I've had people literally get angry with me on LinkedIn. And this is why I'm kind of framing this because they got one or two certifications and they're angry because they're not getting people offering them jobs. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but two associate certifications in AWS might've been more valuable five years ago when there was a shortage, but now a lot of people have them. So it becomes a commodity. You can't frame everything under the course of one or two certs. That being said, what people are looking for today in the Google ecosystem, just because that's where I play, is they want people with strong backgrounds, CISSPs, right, or, or some domain experience and knowledge, maybe even VMware or whatever you come by, but you need your Google Architect Pro. You need some specialty ones. You come in with that, a Kubernetes for a certification from uh, Kubernetes.io, right? They have a few of those. You are now marketable because the next wave of technology is all focused there and there's a skill gap. There's shortages in these skills today. So by understanding where are the shortages, where are the needs, I, I know of many clients that are trying to skill up in Kubernetes. I know a lot of people who are looking for senior cyber expert, experts, but can take their lens of cybersecurity and focus it on Google exclusively, right? So based on Google technology, Google tools, how do you secure them for uh, various industry standards like HIPAA, high trust, uh, PCI, right? Because you, you have to secure these environments to pass audit. And all these cyber folks that are out there who have been working on on-prem, your skills are absolutely valuable, but you're missing the skills in terms of public cloud. Public cloud is growing. Look at the forces of what's happening with COVID. People are not going into the office. People are still needing their infrastructure to live, but they're outsourcing that. But they still need people to secure, architect, manage, and, and, and deal with these infrastructure, even though it's virtualized for all intents and purposes and being managed by someone else. Your, your talents are critical because I will tell you, I rarely find developers who understand security. Right? I have rarely find developers who understand networking. So if you have a foundational skill in, 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 a, in, in an industry that is 
let's just say slowing down like in on-prem and uh, say a Cisco uh, CCIE who's been working in an on-prem environment, he's like, well, I don't, I'm not really valuable in public cloud. And I will say that's not true. In, in the public cloud space, it's difficult to find strong networks experts that can set up a hybrid ecosystem, set up DNS properly, set up the entire sort of uh, framework around your ecosystem, but you have to upskill. And, and to all the CISSPs out there, I will call it out. You made an oath, you made a commitment to your practice when you signed that letter that during your examination that you will continuously commit to re-educating yourself. So I'm not telling you anything you haven't already made a promise to, to yourself and to, to, to the profession. And that's really where I'm trying to kind of like light up the fire, right? Sort of like, you know, get yourself back into this and, and, and reskill yourself because to, to Eugen's points, AWS, Google and Azure are hiring and the entire client ecosystem. Like Google may have practitioners that they, they're, they're really trying to hire talent. We're trying to augment their talent, but our clients are clueless. Not all, okay, so I don't wanna insult the client base, but we do have a lot of clients that are trying to staff up and they're having a lot of trouble finding people with the right skills. Uh, I have headhunters reaching out to me every week because they look at what I have and they say, I need my clients looking for someone with your background. Are you interested in, in, in a career or a move? And so I can't take that job. I'm happy where I'm at right now. But this role is being fit, basically uh, left unfilled because they're not doing the right match. And so that's what I, that's the message I'm trying to send out to folks out there is jobs are there, but it's it's sort of like you need to come prepared to get those jobs. It's no longer the case that oh I'll give you the job and then we'll train you up. You can't ex you you cannot expect that of an employer anymore. And and if you're already employed and your company is willing to invest in you, that's fantastic. But you as an individual need to invest in you. So Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I have a bunch of questions, Eugene. Uh, I think probably we'll start with you, and then Richard, you can uh, chime in. So, the first question is that suppose somebody is a fresher out of college, uh, what what would their journey be like? So, what are the first certifications to start off with, and um, then? Just once you answer that, there are like a bunch of others. Another one is like, do I have to have my CISSP and my CCSP? And then um, layer these other cloud-specific stuff that you spoke about, Richard and Eugen, on top of them? Or uh, what kind of, uh, what, what should be my plan? Um, so uh, apparently those certification, they ask are all valuable but you cannot get them in a short time. You have to plan out your time when you get work. I believe the, when the specific is important and also uh, when the independent is also important, like ISC square and the ISACA. These are all valuable certification source, uh, all CompTIA. All these are important, but you need to have a both. Some is a, when the specific, then you can tackle the job on the market. For example, I don't have a ISC square, ISA CA 
couple years ago. I just started by getting AWS certifications. I got a very good job. So that will that still be the case? I don't know. But I also finding finding out uh, I need to learn more. For example, I need to have a ISC square and the ISA CA type of certifications, and I'm planning uh, to get them. Uh, just uh, following uh, Richard Fotek's uh, route. Uh, talking about that, uh, so we always uh, joke with each other. I uh, I started by myself, like I'm a donkey yuki, and uh, then I just uh, always charging, and the rich follow me, uh, and uh, he got uh, all these security related. Now we. Uh, reversed uh, uh, character and uh, Rich become the donkey Yuki and I become the Sanjay I'm, I'm not sure about that, but, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but guys, the guys, here's the whole point. It's your own journey. And like the reason I went and switched off away from all the other clouds and focused more on security and governance. So it's not just security, it's governance is because I kept banging my head against that wall. So in your journey at work, you're going to be exposed to certain, let's just say, constraints, certain issues that you will find that, hey, I may not, I, I'm missing something. I, I, I know maybe 50%. There's something in my career that I'm realizing that is to get to the next level, I need to have better formal training and something. And so you will realize this yourself and saying, uh, I keep talking to CISOs, but they don't respect my credibility because I don't have a CISSP and a, um, basically CCSP, even though I know this material. So I set the exams, right? That's that's to get my little credibility. Do I, you know, it's like the, the point of the matter is think of your certification as an independent uh, interview, like on that topic. So instead of getting hired for that job, an independent body is assessing your knowledge your, of that common body of knowledge that's being tested. And people who have gone through that journey and understand the, integ like the integrity of those exams will value the fact that you have it because they know that you're not just talking. A lot of sales guys talk big talk, but they can't deliver because they don't really understand the problems, how they align to the client space. And what you will find and like, this is why I've been doing a lot of ITIL4 stuff. Why? Because it's not just cloud, but how it integrates with the rest of the enterprise, how it delivers services, right? Those are the problems our clients are trying to solve. They have outcomes that they want to deliver on. And cloud, as a true architect, has to look at the entire picture. And, and that, that's a continuous journey. There is no, I'm done. That's, that's what I'm really trying to kind of emphasize here. And you will find what that journey is in your own career, in your own path. But that's where, I, you know, Eugene and I kind of really focusing on the idea that make this your own journey and continue, you know, and continuously learn new things. Um, uh, you, will, you will realize where your shortcomings are and where you need to adapt and improve your own qualifications as you engage in new opportunities and new situations. Thank, thank you so much. So there are so a bunch of questions. Because I, I don't know if we answered the original question, which is you're a guy straight out of school. Here's the, here's, here's the unfortunate dilemma that I see happening right now is that um, 
the the entry level jobs right now are going to be difficult because companies are looking for those experts and those people that could immediately add value. And and I'm just being straight up about it. It's like I I I I'm I I literally when I finished my MBA, I can't I you know I hit the Great Recession, right? People stopped hiring MBAs and it just became a bit of a like a doldrum in which hiring stopped. And so the only thing I can basically emphasize is um, it, it's difficult right now in terms of entry level positions. Um, however, you know, it doesn't mean people won't hire people in. People are looking for uh, talent. They're always looking for talent. It really means you're going to have to step it up to differentiate yourself from everyone else. Um, the jobs I see right now are people with existing experience, existing certifications and knowledge that could immediately add value to, the, to, to a particular company. Uh, once those roles are filled, they generally try to hire in and, and, and sort of like delegate activities to more junior folks. But this is, this is a commitment you're going to have to put in. I, I, I don't want to you know, go out and say, oh, if you get these associated certifications, uh, someone's going to hire you. That's not necessarily true. And, um, but I will tell you, people take the professional certifications much more seriously in terms of the hiring process. Sure. Thank you so much. Now, there is a, there's a bunch of questions. Uh, Eugene, I'll come to you in a bit. But uh, uh, Richard, there are a bunch of questions about CISSP and uh, CCSP. And um, first thing is like, uh, you said, you know, you, those are like your base and then you layer these other vendor search on top of them. Uh, whereas Eugene has got a different path where he is now uh, doing the IC squared as well as the Isaac asserts uh, to complete his, uh, maybe like fill in the gaps in his, uh, um, I mean, probably his wall, which has got all the other certificates. But no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's like his knowledge base. But uh, so can you uh, elaborate a little bit on that? Well, again, it's it's your own journey, right? It, you can come from a cyberspace, and that's fantastic. And the one thing about the cyberspace, there, there really are two areas of it, right? There's the underlying, um, the, there are the underlying um, security skills, understanding, you say, the networking, security, the the various aspects of the technology. And there's also the governance aspect. So as you may or may not be aware, governance is becoming more and more prevalent with GDPR, the state of California privacy laws that have come out recently. Uh, the Department of Defense is coming out with new standards like CMMC. They're, uh, they're like so NIST standards and whatever. Well, guess what? Companies who want to do business in California with the U.S. government, with that, need people who can do assessments of security standards and protocols and whatever. And, and those skills are, they're basically in short supply. Um, so, and given the, look, look at the direction, like from a strategic perspective, the winds are blowing to public cloud, right? Everyone, including the US government is, is embracing the AWS, Azure and Google ecosystems. Everyone's FedRAM compliant. Everyone's kind of going in that direction. And the U.S. government is, in fact, paying states and local municipalities to spend money on IT modernization. So the, the point I'm trying to get at is the path to least resistance is in public cloud. 
it's growing. I'm not, you know, the old adage of the tide lifts all boats is true. So look at that as a opportunity in terms of where to fill in your skill gap. But if you have your CISSP and CCSP, look, you're almost there. You've got a huge foundation because I will tell you, I know people who have their cloud certs that are scared of the CISSP and CCSP certification exams because they're hard. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not easy and, and they take those things relatively seriously in terms of, I mean, look, ISC squared is the only guys who are going to take your palm prints and biometric exam, like, you know, to, to verify that you are who you say you are when you sit that exam. They, they take their whole integrity of the certification process seriously. But again, ISACA, your CISA, your auditor skills, people in business cannot operate without regulatory scrutiny. And that's not going away, right? So the point I'm trying to get at is security governance come hand in hand. And if you understand the technical skills, you can do the mapping of saying, how am I, what controls am I doing to achieve this standard, this thing in terms of the regulatory aspect? Don't shortchange yourself just because you're in maybe an industry that is shrinking. Look at yourself in terms of your skills and say, how do I catch this next wave? Um, you know, when I did my MBA, there was this whole thing about co- hyper-competitive markets. And what they basically said is that as these markets are hyper-competitive, just because you tried to catch a wave and lost, it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter because the next wave is coming maybe nine months from now. So try to catch the next wave. Why does that mean? Because if you're the king today, look at uh, BlackBerry. They were the king of cell phones, right? And iPhone and Android basically destroyed them. Were they, was BlackBerry a bad phone? No, right? But it still did not meet the changes of the times to, to, to deal with stuff. Now, could have BlackBerry reinvented itself and it, and it tried, right? But it failed. The point I'm trying to get at is really that as things are changing so quickly, just because you didn't catch that last wave doesn't mean you can't grab the next one that's coming. So adapt yourself and your skills to where, where the next sort of engagement is going to present itself strategically so that you could position yourself as, the, as, as someone who is uh, highly desirable when that occurs. So look at where the industry is going. Everything is going to either serverless or Kubernetes platforms for app development. So if you're an app developer still doing stuff on, on virtual machines, I'm just telling you your skills are, 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 are commodity and they're going away. There's the, the demand for that is going away. But if you're going into serverless design and going into Kubernetes design, there's a shortage of people in those skills. Same thing with, with, with uh, security, right? You realize that the, the dynamics of the industry are changing, but how do you make yourself more valuable to the, to, the, to the new industry that's there that is in shortage of skills? So if you don't see yourself as a product, I mean, this is, I guess, overall, I really want to emphasize this. You are your own CEO. You are your own board of directors, Okay, like, like seriously, and you're your own product. That's what you're selling. The fact that you're working for Dido or AIG or, or, or Google at that point in time 
what you're doing is a you're created into a partnership relationship for that period of time where you exchange your services for the financial benefit that the company is providing you. That's it. Are, are you promising the rest of your life will be committed to that company? No. So what happens if that company lets you go? What happens if something happens to, you know, it's like the, the point is you still have yourself to deal with. Your board of directors, your family, right? You have to deliver some service or product moving forward. And if you're not able to compete in this market, if you're not able to, to commit yourself to, to, develop, to, to increasing the value you bring to the table, somebody else will. That's, that's all I'm saying. And you shouldn't be in IT if you don't have a passion for it. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of say that because, look, it's the same thing in medicine. Do you want to go to a doctor who the last time he took any training course or any development on himself was 30 years ago? Even if he went to Harvard, right? Even though he was really good, if he's not continuously skilling himself up to the latest diagnosis and treatments, this is not the guy you want to hire. And it, it, it's in any profession. I, I, I'm going to just throw it out there. You need to look at yourself and say, is this a job or is this a passion? And that's where I'm going to kind of call it like that. that that's really it. If you're in IT and you hate what you're doing, uh, look at maybe going into a different space of IT, maybe a different career track. Uh, in there or going somewhere else. I, I'm not, I don't want this magic bullet and telling people do this. It's like, you know what? They're not me. I, I, I you know, and thankfully, trust me. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 I, I need people to really kind of emphasize on understanding so. themselves. Sorry. Okay. Eugene, you were sharing your screen. What was that? He was trying to show my LinkedIn certs, but why don't you show yours there, uh, Eugene? You, you beat me by a mile. <laughs> okay, Eugene, there, Eugene you're, you're on mute, Eugene. You're on mute. Okay. Sorry, Eugene, I was on mute. There's a question from somebody, and his question is that he has like probably eight years of experience in IT operations as well as uh, program management. And uh, whenever he sees all these roles, they are asking for like, say, five to six years of experience. So even if he gets certifications, will he be able to find the role? Because they are asking for hands-on uh, experience on production um, environment. Can I, can I throw a joke in here? And, and just so that, because I have seen job offers for Kubernetes needed 10 years plus experience. Okay, this technology hasn't existed for like, what, four or five years? I, I saw that years ago when Java just came out, right? It was like two years old and, and, uh, and they were asking 10 plus years experience. Look, this is when, when, when recruiters go out and they put their ideal candidate job, they're not looking for someone that checks everything off. They're looking for someone who has the majority of this as a fit. So... If it's a perfect fit, fantastic, right? But don't don't overemphasize what the recruiter has put on the table because that's if they find someone with a little more experience than you, well, guess what? They may be more valuable to the company than you are. 
but you need to apply. You need to put yourself out there. You need to see what they're looking for as, as, as skills. Uh, but I've never really judged someone who came with eight years experience differently than someone who has 10 years experience. I look at them as, does he have experience? Yes, right? More than a one year experience, a few years experience, he has it. That's the way I see it. It's not a like eight versus 10. So uh, please understand that, that there is no, opportunities present yourself when you prepare. And if you don't prepare, even though someone may come to you and say, hey, there's this great job, but if you're if you didn't prepare for that, you're 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 going to put yourself at a disadvantage. Thanks, thanks. And uh, Eugene, you were sharing your story. Yeah. So, um, my uh, my experience is, if you like a job, just apply. By having a bunch of a certification in the relevant field will increase your credibility. You may not get a job, that's fine, but as long as you get one job, that's what you need. Uh, and the, uh, another thing is a certification is useful, but we should get it by our own preparation. Uh, I noticed uh, some people, they just uh, Photoshop or they just claim to have the certification they don't have. And this is uh, uh, unfair to other hardworking people. And uh, uh, let me share, can you see my screen? Uh, this is Richard's uh, certification. Um, so they, he has a lot, but for me, for all the certification, I attach a link, uh, you can do this. Like uh, when you edit, you give a name, give an organization, and uh, then, the most important thing is the credential URL. By providing this URL, it is uh, giving people the capability to verify your certification. When they click this link, it will take them to a TOGAF. Uh, see, this uh, is uh, your claim. Uh, this is a third party uh, URL, and that means this certification is real. And uh, then AWS Certified Database, click, is from uh, Uclaim as well. Uh, so this is uh, uh, valid. And uh, then let me choose another one. Uh, Google, yeah, I have a professional cloud DevOps engineer as well. Uh, because I'm a DevOps, I started from DevOps. Uh, I used to be an agile coach, just let you know. I had a lot of career transition. So I'm not afraid of changing job. It's, uh, I learn uh, and I can become an expert in the field. So this is uh, credential.net. So it, it validates you. I see a lot of people, they just put a, a vendor's information page and that's not valid. So when I look at that, I will uh, suspect is that a real so just do some homework be uh, diligent to just uh, uh, polish your linking profile that's important in job hunting uh, we, what so, we want to really highlight the fact is that we have run into people who have lied 
about their certification. People who have photoshopped other people's certificates and put their names on them uh, and, and tried to pass it off as their own. You, it, we live in a world today where we have to check, right? That's security when it comes to people. Um, you, you know, you have to vet people as you hire them in, in terms of a background check. People will only background check what information you give them. So don't like if you're working on a CISSP, you can put I'm working on a CISSP as part of it. You want to go in and put a Linux Academy or a cyber uh, cyberary.it link saying I have completed this course. You're more than welcome to put it in there. Just understand taking the course is not the same as passing the test, but you can put it in there like, like you're not don't don't overblow your credibility and make claims to terms that just don't apply. Because a lot of us in this space understand, let's say, the big four and how they operate, how, how companies operate, their titles. And people like to sometimes stretch their titles, their roles, their this, because they're looking for the next job. It, be very wary about doing that in terms of, of pushing the boundaries of your resume. Present yourself honestly with integrity, because the reality is that if you do get yourself into a position that is say senior to where you are and you don't have the knowledge or the skills to deal with that job, they will fire you. It, it's, it, look, it, look the, the reality people need to understand is for an enterprise to survive, right? A company to survive, it has to be profitable and, if, it, and it has to deliver value to their customers. And if you, like, there's a lot of people who come to me and say, well, Rich, I want to be VP or Rich, I want to run an operation or run an organization, right? It's like, look, it's not easy running a team of over 100 people. I've done it. It's not. There's always dynamics that you have to deal with that, let's just say I have scars already in terms of what to do, what not to do. The reason people hire you into these positions is because there's assumed that since you've worked in this field or this level of, of seniority for many years, that you're equipped to deal with that at their own company. And be careful sometimes when you think you want that promotion, because sometimes you may be happier not getting that promotion. And a lot of senior people, sometimes they realize that as they get promoted, they realize, you know what, I don't want to deal with this. this is, there's, there's, I'm a technical guy. I'm not a people guy. As you go for higher up in the chain, your technical prowess becomes less relevant. Your ability to interact and work with people becomes more fundamental. You still need to know the technology, but to be successful, the required skills change. And that is difficult. So, so please, you know, I, I just want to highlight the fact that that. You know, don't just think that anybody can become CEO and do a good job at it. It, it. The people who are there have very unique, different skills than someone who is a director of IT operations. Can the CEO do the job of director of IT operations? Probably not if he came from finance. But the reason he's successful as CEO is, to be, is that he understands the financial nature, the strategic nature, the, the various aspects. And... I, I just want to highlight this because I've run into a lot of very more junior people in their careers and they're trying to figure out and map their path to the top. Make sure you understand what your goal is. It's going to change. 
Maybe you're maybe right now you're thinking, I want to be CTO, I want to be CI, you know, like whatever. Fine, great. But always check like a sprint, right? A retrospective. Well, as you get yourself further into it's like, are you enjoying this? Your your role will change over time. Are you enjoying this? Is this what you want to do? Where do you want to go next? Consider that because sometimes you may be in the wrong company. Sometimes you may be in a small company needing to be in a big company. Sometimes you're in a big company needing to be in a small company. Sometimes you realize that this whole corporate ladder thing just doesn't work for you. You just want to work for yourself and be your own boss. This is something that is going to be your own journey. But the point I'm trying to reflect is invest in yourself because then the doors will be available to you in terms of different paths and your own choices to present themselves. But to the junior guys today, I'm really emphasizing, look, because I will tell you, I, when I was working at Cisco for 17 years, and I still have colleagues there who think, what I'm, who think what I'm gonna say right now. Back in the day, I was involved in writing the, the um, security chapters for the CISS, the CISS, no, CCIE, sorry, there's too many acronyms in this space. Um, the, the, the books, the documentation for Cisco Press. And I, you know, people asked, you know, are you going to do this, sir? Are you going to do this? And I'm like, you know what? Why? Like, that was my thinking. Why should I do this? I wrote the book. Like, why should I get the, the certification? And there's still people there because it's a business. It's a business to Cisco to build out an, a curriculum of education, sell books, because they get people into the Cisco ecosystem. And the way they see it is that they're never going to leave. They're going to continuously buy Cisco products. It's, it's, a, it's a monster to itself. And let's face it, ISC Squared, ISACA, all these other industry bodies are kind of the same way. There is a business element to the certification process. But understand that there is value there. I, I, was, I will say when I was younger, I had the opportunity to do it. And I just looked at it and, it, and there was a part of me that just says, you know what, I don't have time. I got work, I got this. And I, I had colleagues that went through this path and they're further ahead. They've done like it has opened different doors for them that were not available to me. Not saying it went bad, it went wrong, but there's always some guy in the back of you that's giving you an excuse. All oh, right, uh, we'll do it maybe next year. Let's, let's just hold this off. You know, I'm just saying, because we're all human. And I, I laugh because people are saying, well, who do you use to inspire? It's like, I, I, I sometimes need a kick in my own rear. Okay, but this is not easy. There's so, a question. Uh, yeah. One side, Richard, there's a question for you, Jun. You, Jun. Um, there is a question that uh, cost of certifications is very expensive. And uh, how do people go about doing that? My answer is that it is a cost of doing business. You are a startup of one. That's how I look at myself, right? So I'm a professional. If I'm going to work for somebody, then I have to make sure I have the necessary uh, certifications or training or whatever. It's my job to ask for it. If I don't get it from my employer, then I am willing to spend that money to do what I need to do. But how would you answer this question, uh, Yujun? Yeah, so I noticed uh, certification is uh, very expensive. Uh, that's the reason um, I shared some free certification online, like Oracle did, they give six certification for free and the Palo Alto Network, all these free certification. They, you don't spend money, you just need to spend time. Um, so I share with people, it's a great, you learn. The concept you learned from Oracle Cloud, 
most can be applied to AWS, GCP, Azure. That's the reason I share. But right now, a lot of company giving these free certifications. So we still need to prioritize to choose the important ones. Like the Kubernetes, they are not free, but I believe they are very important to have. Also the ISACA, the ISC Square, all those are not free because that's their business, not like a vendor. Vendor, they, uh, they can just use certification to promote their product. So that's why Oracle give that for free. Uh, so people, they build a community. And I see they become very successful in this space. And uh, once advice to people is just try to uh, talk to your manager to see whether you can reimburse. I know a lot of corporation reimburse certification costs and then um, they are happy. As a matter of fact, um, I'm already 50. Well, a couple of years ago, when my company, they just push people to get certified. Uh, they uh, reimburse you and they re reward you. But, uh, so uh, I didn't take that opportunity until people said, if you don't get a certified, you lose your bonus. And then that may become uh, serious. But I'm not suggesting manager to do that, but I just uh, see how important the certification is. So if you talk to your manager, you may get a reimbursement. But, but here's the one other aspect. I've also had people come to me wanting to do CISSP, but then they're going in and say, look, I've got this course that's out in Burden, Virginia or whatever, that $4,000 to sit this class. And that's where I basically will bulk because the exam is seven, $800, right? It's not cheap, but the reality is the course itself is ludicrous. When you have fantastic sources online, okay, online trainers, and I will call out names here, right? You have uh, Linux Academy is fantastic for cloud training, a cloud guru kind of been the same thing. You have Cybrary IT is fantastic for cybersecurity courses and so forth. Um, you, you have, I, I do like Dion training for uh, ITIL certifications, right? Uh, uh, Udemy has the best Kubernetes classes out there yes. in terms of that. Yes. So, you know, the idea of one size fits all, and I know people are going to get kind of ticked off at Eugene and I as like, you know, because everybody wants to sell that as a subscription. We're looking for who is the teacher that teaches the material the best way that will lead me to the successful outcome. And, I, and we, we cry, like we ask, we tell each other this, right? This is not a, um, this is not a, uh, I, we tell others, right? Because they come to us, like, how'd you pass that test? I, I, I tried CISSP two times and I failed it. And it's like, well, because you didn't talk to Kelly Handerhan on Cybrary. She, <laughs> she, she will give you the, the, the perspective you need to come into the exam to pass the exam. It's not your knowledge that caused you to fail. It's that they give you four right answers and you got to pick the best of the four right answers to answer the question based on the way the question is presented. And that's, you, you get that from some teachers some teachers are just monotone and you can't sit through their class. It's important to find a good resource to get your training. But when you think about it, the training is like 30 bucks at most per course, per certification. So the whole cost is the exam. 
And I want to highlight the fact that if, if you can navigate what classes, where to go effectively, and Eugene and I help people with that, they, we point them, this is where you want to take your training. The exam is relatively inexpensive as the, as the broader picture. There's no, I, I'm going to get myself in trouble for this, but there's no reason why you should be sitting into a classroom for a nine hour session over a course of two weeks to prepare you for an exam. Yeah, I, I can't consume it. I can't. I mean, I, I can't sit through a class for nine hours straight. I have to like three hours max per day. And I kind of iterated through over time. But this is important for people on how to get to success. So yes, that, that's true. I, I also uh, use uh, online training extensively. Uh, besides what Rich just mentioned, uh, Coursera, Plural Site. Cloud Academy, Udacity, all these are very low cost uh, online. Uh, it's, uh, I don't see why you want to spend $1,000 to do a in-person training on some subject. Uh, I like to use that budget to go to some important uh, conferences. Like I go to uh, Google Cloud Next, I go to uh, Ring One. I met a lot of uh, like-minded people and to uh, just uh, broaden your network. Going uh, training, spend that money, you only know 30 people. Instead, well, you can go to a conference, know, know 60,000 people. It's totally different, uh, Rich, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, look, you're your own CEO. You have your own budget. Can you leverage your company to refund you for some of these? It, it becomes a very different conversation when I when someone comes to me and say, hey, I've got this $30 training class I want to take, right? And can I also sit the exam? I look at the budget and I go, okay, so you're talking about $330 for you to get this? Go right ahead, right? That's, that, that's, a, that's brain dead simple. It's chump change for, for all intents and purposes. But if you come to me and say, I want to spend like... $4,000 on the course, plus I need the hotel stay and the travel and the this, it now becomes a $10,000 expense on the company. And then suddenly it's like, hold on, I have to budget this. This is now a significant expense. While the other one, it's, it's sort of, it's, it, 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 it becomes a very effective return on investment from a, from a firm basis and yourself. So, so I highly recommend people do this. So what I did last year, I wonder, I took my CCSP and uh, I bought the books and uh, I created a meetup. So that kept me going and we were accountable and all of us passed our exams because we met like uh, Saturday morning, seven to nine. And um, that's what we did now we are, because of this pandemic, I've taken it online, but I'm helping people with their CISSP. So it is, and, and, that helps because you know we we meet there is accountability people are like taking together and um, th that helps because now you are invested you are responsible for studying you are responsible for coming up with stuff and uh, that's my now going forward like i'm planning uh, to follow richard and you i'm planning like uh, to uh, branch into um, AWS and GCP certifications. So the same thing I'm going to do now, you know, I'll like set that up and we'll start going. Um, before we uh, go further, what are the five most important cloud certifications? Uh, Richard, let's go with you. All right. Um, if you go to cloud, you're going to need 
the professional certifications from either of the vendors that you're working on. And I, and I like personally speaking, you know, I'm on Google. So the Google pro architect is sort of core. The associates nice to, nice to have, but memorizing CLI commands in my mind is not necessarily the value you bring to the table. It's really the architect. But then it becomes a specialty conversation after that. It, it's like, are you a data analytics guy? Are you gonna be doing machine learning? Is that your background databases? Then you need that specialty. If you, can, if you can align a specialty with the core architect, the two of those together, whether it's security, whether it's networking, right? If you can bring those two together, you can define yourself from a career standpoint that this is my specialty. Or if you're just an architect, you want to be broad, then I would say target all of them. Because that's like as an architect, the, the way they frame it is that the architect pro gets goes an inch deep, but a mile wide. They want you to have that very broad background. But what we find in the industry and what, what, what's going in, and, and ITIL4 really pushes this idea as a comb-based skills. Why? Because we're going agile. Everybody's thinking in smaller teams, smaller groups. And the deeper you can go into multiple specialities, right? The more value you add to a particular team where you can dialogue and question your machine learning expert in terms of certain design concepts, because you may not be the guy who works with TensorFlow and, and can tear down a particular uh, uh, neural network model in terms of if it's, is it the most efficient or not? but you still need to be able to have serious dialogue with them and saying, is this the best T, you know, TCU units or you know, um, like GPU unit type devices that you're using and how, what's the best model to build on these things? You have to be able to have that conversation. Same thing goes for Kubernetes development, right? How do you administer GKE? How do you do Anthos? You have to, you know, there may be a guy who's really, that's his focus from a developer perspective, but as an architect, you have to have a good enough knowledge of these to be able to operate these at scale. So what I would say is focus on the core pro and every skill, focus on what you want to be as the, the skill. But if you're going to be architect, you're going to have to broaden across all of them. And then if you're going to go into security and if you just want to focus on security, then also bring in governance certifications and your uh, ISC squared certifications or others like, uh, you know, like CCSP is the same as CCSK, right? There's different industry bodies, different people uh, set them up. But the point being is keep investing in that speciality, get better. But also, look, Kubernetes security is a huge topic right now. And I will tell you the developers for Kubernetes don't understand security. They, they're, 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 their view is focused on the, the development of function, not how to build it out. So if you can go in there and become a Kubernetes dev application developer, have the skills for that or the, or the management, the administration of Kubernetes clusters and everything else, plus have a security lens, I will tell you, you're gonna get hired because those skills People go around and say, how do you secure my Kubernetes clusters? And everybody's looking around going, I don't know. And so what do they do? They go to partners like Palo Alto and they'll, they'll use their tools, but not really understand why um, these tools properly secure the communication flows of a, of a Kubernetes environment. You really want to have that security lens there. You, same thing goes with various, like, like the, the lines are getting blurry in cloud. The roles of individuals 
you have to expand into their space. Doesn't mean you have to be an expert, but look, core is the architect. Then, then build out the, the, the stuff that surrounds that to, to define what you bring to the table. And I hope that helps. It's a little vague, wishy-washy. I will just <laughs> summarize it. I will just summarize it for everybody. So basically what you said is that if you are focusing on security, then you might as well have other, other uh, governance certifications like IS6 squared and ISACA from ISACA that yep. will help you with your security thing. You should have like associates uh, certifications to understand. You may not have like a certification. Not the pro, like the pro yes, architect that, means you're, you, you can talk architect, not the guy. Uh, so my former C CTO and Eugene knows him, used to refer to the idea of if you get to this level, you're not a monkey on a keyboard. Your, your, your job is to be a designer and understand how everything fits together. Uh, associate certifications are for the entry-level people who will be the guys administering devices. And I will tell you that they're there, they're needed, but those are the junior roles. And if you've got 10 years experience in cybersecurity, don't waste your time on that. It's not necessarily, like you're not adding value to your, like you can do it, but it, the real value is in the pro certifications across it, you know, all these platforms. Hopefully, again, if effective time management. So hopefully that, that helps. Okay. I want to just say one thing. There are a bunch of people asking like specific questions on the live stream about, uh, um, about like their job search and their whatever is going on in, in their um, uh, life but uh, so, so please reach out to me and I will I'll try and answer as much as I can um, but for now let's go to Yujun. Hey Yujun, you're hey. okay. Hi so what are the top five certifications that you encourage people to have today? Um, I encourage people to focus on one vendor like if you work on Microsoft Azure you just get a, a lot of on Azure don't just get uh, the uh, other first. Get deeper in Azure, and then after that, you can get some GCP, AWS. Uh, just um, I see a lot of people just get a bunch of uh, associate on different vendor. That's not necessary. You need to go deep from one vendor. Like what I did uh, four years ago, I just got all five AWS that helped me to build up my uh, knowledge base and. Uh, to get a better job. So if you want to get a better job, just focus on the that particular technology you want to pursue. Don't go um, everywhere. So that's why uh, you need to prioritize. Um, that's, I cannot say which one is the best, but AWS has more job than Azure, than GCP, than uh, Oracle. Uh, this is cloud vendor. On the security side, uh, ISC Square and the ISACA, those are very good uh, uh, certifications. Uh, Security Plus, even is uh, entry level, but the government job require that, so it helps. All these are good certifications. Just so uh, I will uh, challenge a comment there, Eugene, about AWS, and the only reason is I think AWS has reached a better, more of a saturation point where the skills are there. There's a lot of people who already have those skills. I will tell you that in my experience that uh, Google and, and, and Azure sometimes have more 
demand for people with skills, especially at the client side, because they've, they're investing in those spaces and they're, they're having difficulty staffing. So uh, AWS is not having as much difficulty staffing just because they did a fantastic job in the last five years really promoting their certification, their upskilling and so forth. So I, I, I am just personally seeing that if I need to find an AWS guy today, it's relatively easy. If I'm looking That's for people with GCP skills that are available, again, that are available, that is very difficult. And I'm trying to hire people in GCP right now, right, uh, with, with those particular skills. Uh, I'm trying to find a, a, an Anthos expert for Kubernetes and, and, and that whole thing. Again, you know, th those are very unique skills, but if someone has gone through the journey and prepared themselves, you know, it, it's relatively easy for them to put themselves where they're not a commodity, they are a specialty and they can ask for premium salaries, premium pricing, and look, we'll pay it. Because I will tell you, the, the reality is if you come to the table with that, uh, the salary ranges, and I know it's like kind of crazy to talk about this when people are just looking for work, but there is a premium salary for people who can bring the whole gamut. And I will tell you, there's a lot of people who will get upset. I mean, look, it's hard. Like what we're basically telling you is this is like an MBA. You're going to spend two years, three years investing in yourself and it may not end, right? You may just continue this in your entire career. That's disruptive to you, your family, your, your, your thing. Like you have other things to do, your job, your, 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 your there's commit. You have to be able to dedicate two, three hours a day on you. And look, it's hard. Like let's, I'm going to be, and sometimes there are days I don't want to do it. And, and like I said, I, I look out to guy, this guy, Dave, uh, David Goggin and just YouTube or Google embrace the suck because it does. It's not easy. You need sometimes a kick in your own pants to get to your out, your outcome. Say, I'm, I'm going to sit this certain three weeks. You know, that's my goal. I'm going to do it. I want to encourage people and tell them that, look, there's huge demands out there. But you can't just say, if you come to me, what's the minimum number of certs I need to do? Because they do, they, people tell me. And what's the minimum? And it's like, look, you, you got the wrong mind frame. You can't look at it as a minimum. You really have to look at this as what's my journey? These are marathons. It's, it's the old, or you know, pets versus cattle. I don't take my certs seriously. I don't, I don't frame them. They're not on my walls. Okay, they're, they're, I, they're, I, I, look, I put a lot of work into them, at least 40 hours minimum per cert. Eugene, I don't know how much, how much you spend per certification, but it's about 40 hours per cert. And they're, they're cattle to me, right? And, and also, you're going to fail some of your exams. My wife asks me every time I'm about to sit an exam, are you ready? And my default answer is no. Because, <laughs> because the reality is that yeah. you will never be ready. But then if I do sit the exam and I have failed a cert exam, I, I'm not going to, you know, but I'm just saying, but then I ask myself, did, what did I do wrong? Did I prepare enough for this, that? Because sometimes it's just the luck of the questions and the draws. Uh, the, the point I'm getting at is don't take this personally. You know, I look at it as a marathon once a month, once every three weeks. I finish yeah. them. 
Also, don't aim too high. From my experience, for every 10 points above 60, you need to double your effort. Uh, do you agree this? Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, you just uh, you target to pass, not target to get 100% correct. You waste a lot of time. I wouldn't say target to pass, but I would say, you know, target like an 85%, right? Like 80, 85%. Don't yeah. try to go 90, 100%. Like, and, and by the way, there's ways. We've talked about this in previous sessions, right? Practice exams are fantastic. Don't don't just take the course material unless you've done this for for a while, for a while and you know the, the game. Do practice exams from reputable. Do not take memory dumps, the brain dumps. They give you wrong answers. By the way, I, I've had colleagues try this, and then they're they're coming to me with the questions and answers, and I'm like, I don't know why they picked that answer because it's wrong, right? And I, I don't know if they're right. Like I don't know if the questions are are, are correct or not. But look. The whole point of this exercise is for them to validate your knowledge, and you're not, you're the only way to prepare is to read the material, consume the material, practice the exams. The practice exams prepare you for the style and even the, the material itself, and just sit it. When you think you're like, okay, I'm, I think I'm ready, I think I'm ready. Uh, look at the cost of the exam. CISSP is very expensive. But a Google Pro is 200 bucks. Look at the return on investment for sitting on a, uh, to what, what $200 means to you. If it's a lot of money, then you know maybe target 90% or higher. But if it's 200 bucks, it's like, hold on, I can spend $200 on dinner, right? On going out, or do I just sit the exam to know, like even if I fail, at least I sat the exam, know what the questions look like. So the next time I will sit it, I will be better prepared for it. You have to look in that. No one cares if you fail. I mean, let, let, let's let's be clear about this, except for your ego. The, the, the key is, do you have the certification? And if that's your objective, that's the outcome you're going for, don't overthink it. Because look, it, I will tell you, there's a lot of people who fail on that. I have colleagues that have just like, oh, I'm not ready for the test. You will forget most of your material if you don't try to do it within a short period of time. Those, those guys working six months for a CISSP, you're setting yourself up for failure. I'm just, just like, because, because you will start hard and then you're going to kind of like, oh, well, I, I'm busy. I can't do that. And then by the time you reach the last chapter, you forgot everything in the first few chapters. And, and, and the repetition is useful, but you're, 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 you're missing the point, right? Like, what is it that you're trying to, you're treating that one cert as, 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 as a, personal pet and you really can't do that you're, you're going to set yourself up for failure thank you so much so so one of the things that uh, uh, like I, I i passed my cpa so i'm a, I'm a licensed cpa and uh, you require 75 marks to pass the exam and i got a 76 so i was like extremely happy you know that it was not like 74 because that would be disastrous and my son when i showed him and he said oh you want me to get an a plus and now you got the 76 so my answer was guess what i'm going to be called after i finish this a cpa so you know it doesn't matter like you're still going to be called a cpa nobody's going to ask me like oh how many marks did you get like on all, all your exams so a pass is a pass and and strive towards that rather than strive towards perfection for at least these certifications exams um 
people are asking us to have another session on exam prep strategies and i hope both of you will be back again uh, to <laughs> be very specific on like you know how do we go around like how, how do you start uh, there is another very specific question for you richard that you said that okay if you have a gcp pro certification you know you're looking for people so what else would they want to have what else do you want them to have because i mean if somebody just has that certificate and comes to you are you going to hire them uh so right now i'm just we are we are actually uh partnering with google we're actually helping google staff up in their google professional services so basically helping them the people become googlers but the idea here is we need people with you know a certain amount of years of experience in security right now that's our kind of focus and that can come with the ccsp um the cissp any like pen testing uh, assessment or you know sort of isaca type certifications along with the google because here's the, the problem is that our clients understand the cissp ccsps and the governance space they just don't know how to map it to google cloud and you need to have people who understand google cloud and maybe the google security certification but unfortunately it's not available for online proctoring right now which is causing some problems for us it's a relatively easy exam by the way but it's just not available uh for it so what i would say is you know take that's the minimum like you it's it's one google cert but all the rest but also a commitment that you're going to really go into all the other google specialties uh you know th that that are available out there um one of the areas that dido focus on is both security and data analytics so everything to do with data that data warehousing machine learning uh but we're also putting a security lens around everything and really looking at uh securing the cloud uh very effectively because a lot of companies are failing in this space and and really leveraging these zero trust architectural models like beyond corp that google has built around their framework where it's context aware access and and other areas but look to, you really have to have sort of a security framework to be effective here and also understand the problem the client is trying to address and how it ties back to governance and and industry regulatory standards and uh, security best practices most people don't know this it's not sexy work as a colleague at google mentioned to us it's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about but it's why the cisos of the world say no to move into public cloud they're they're convinced that they can't secure public cloud better than on prem and i actually my job is to convince them the opposite i believe that public cloud can be secured more thoroughly than on prem cam because you can secure it from the inside out it's not a perimeter framework it's a um really the idea of isolating individual workloads and their own tenants and then being very explicit as to who can talk to who and how that works and being able to visualize and manage all of the logs concurrently as one solution uh very difficult to achieve that even with a seam on prem and so i want to kind of highlight the fact that you need to be able to think in those terms to be successful but your skills your experience is so important to to do this right now that you come with but you can't come into a google ecosystem and not have that as a minimum requirement 
And I'm, I'm calling it a minimum requirement because I also believe that you've got to expand and really understand the whole ecosystem of Google to be effective at your job longer term. But, you know, people are saying, well, what's the minimum standard? I, I say this, and of course, all the junior guys coming out of school says, well, that's unachievable because I can't get CISSP, CCSP, Google Cloud. Like they, they see the list of background that you, that you have to come, and it's like, it's huge. But look, the journey starts somewhere. And that's what I need today. And hopefully that helps, right, in, in terms of what we're it, looking for. It does. There are a bunch of questions, but uh, I, I know it's like we've overshot our uh, time. Just just closing, uh, have you ever walked away from an exam? There is somebody who said that they have given the CISSP twice and uh, are feeling like, you know, should they walk away and do something else and then come back? Or should they just uh, go on? So my answer to this is that once you give CISSP, you have to wait for a month. The second time, I think you have to wait for three, some three months or six months or something. So that gives you a time by itself. But what is your experience and what would you say? And I want uh, from you, Jun, also. And then we'll wrap up. So look, if you fail an exam, and it's not just CISSP, you need to step back and ask yourself, was it me? Did I not prepare? Was it where I got my content? Where did, who taught me? I will tell you that there are very different material out there between all these vendors, whether it's Linux Academy, Udemy, Cyber IT and whatever. And I have taken some course from another vendor who shall remain nameless for CISSP and literally sat his entire class and was like, okay, this is stupid. It just was a bad course. And, and, and I knew right off the bat that this was not ready. And then I looked into it, talked to a few people and everybody's like, if you want to pass the ISSP, talk, go and get Kelly Handerhan's course. Kelly, 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 Kelly. That was what I was hearing and whatever. So I went in and, and the course was free on Cybrary, like just the video. And I will tell you, like literally I kind of go like this, to, like down to her because she is fantastic. She keeps you awake she, throughout the entire time. And she prepares the mindset you need to pass the exam. There are, there are pen testers I know, real top-notch security guys who fail the exam because they don't understand governance. They don't understand the role you play when you take the exam. And if you tackle it as you know, the same as you would a Google security exam, the same questions on both exams, one of them is you have this, uh, someone's attacking you on these ports and what do you do, right? On Google, they say a block, go to the firewall block. Hey, Yes. Sorry, Rich. Uh, we have a lot of questions we haven't answered yet. Uh, uh, I guess, but I have to leave. So let's just uh, collect those questions and uh, prepare for the next talk. And uh, then we can see uh, how can help people more targetively. And uh, this is really great session. I enjoy uh, appearing with you and uh, Nilofa. I, it's always a uh, fun to work together to help people. I, I really enjoyed it this time, but I have to go uh, for sure, other engagement. Sure. <laughs> sure. Thank you so much, uh, Richard and Eugene. And we will have another one. We will just probably do it just a Q&A, you know, so we'll be able to answer more questions. Thank you so much for both of you joining this uh, session today. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's great. Okay, guys, thank you so much.